This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, welcome back to the Lost Art of Communication podcast. Today we'll be continuing on with our friendship series and discussing how to turn those acquaintances that you made at the groups that we talked about last time or on the sidewalk, you know, coffee shops, how do we turn those people that you met into friends? Obviously, building a friendship takes time. These things won't happen overnight, but we are going to talk about how to maximize those opportunities and take a chance to make a new friend. So this is kind of a time when it's it's a little awkward. Like I feel like it's in that point of when you're meeting someone, it's kind of like a first date that you want to ask someone on. Um, and continue that interaction saying like, oh, I liked you. I hope you liked me. Like, should I be vulnerable and like continue this into a attempted friendship? And I think that's why it's so hard for people because dating is such a different realm. Friendship is such a different realm. But um, combining those actions that you would do in dating with friendship is awkward and hard and vulnerable. So I'm excited to talk about this so we can talk about what are those things we have to do to turn those quick interactions of um, acquaintances into okay, let's like try and meet up and like get to know each other more and like see if we have things in common and all of that lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah, so to paint a picture, imagine that you've just gone to a book club or a meetup and you meet someone there that's really interesting and exciting and you want to be friends with them, you feel a connection with them. First up, make sure you get their contact information at that event. If you don't, it's usually pretty easy to find people on Facebook or Instagram, and you can always find them and message them and say something either in person or once you've found them later, express your intent and say, hey, I had a really great time chatting with you. I would love to hang out again sometime. Again, it can feel like you're asking someone on a date, but there are ways to do it in a friend setting that they'll know that you're just wanting to be their friend. See, I like doing that more in person than like quote-unquote slide and into the DMs like doing it that way like doing it in person like putting that out there saying hey I had so much fun like if you ever want to do this again outside of the meetup or hey if you ever want to um talk more about our trips to Europe that we both ended up going on like I'd love to hear more about it like kind of finding that connection putting that reason in why you want to meet up later and then say oh I'd like to have your number let's let's text and get together soon Yeah, it's definitely better to do it in person, but I've had it happen to me before where I've gone to an event, I met someone cool, and then we just happened to leave at different times, and I never got their info, and I was like, wait a sec, I I liked that person, Mm. and so it's just saying it's okay, you haven't missed your chance, you could wait till the next time that you organically see them again in person, but especially if you've just moved to a new town and you're lonely and you want friends, sometimes there is kind of that sense of urgency of, hey, I want to hang out with people now and, and then it puts a lot of now is the time to yeah, do it. it puts a lot of pressure on the next event if they're not there or if they are there like you're like I hope they're there I hope they're there and then it makes it weird so yeah I think that's a good point yeah yeah and then if you wait too long it can feel awkward to say hey I met you three months ago and I thought you were cool so you would definitely want to capitalize on the opportunities that you do have to establish that friendship early mm-hmm. on and we made it we were talking about this earlier but we were just talking about how it usually ends up feeling okay because the other person's usually in the same boat saying oh yeah of course like it rarely is awkward once you attempt to get that communication or get that contact 
Yeah. So building off what you said before, Molly, about this being kind of awkward and vulnerable, it really is because no one wants to feel rejected. No one wants, no one wants to get rejected and it can feel really intimidating saying like, Hey, I don't have any friends. Will you be my friend? My biggest fear reaching out to people is that people are going to think that I'm desperate or clingy. Yes. I definitely have that too. And it's important to realize a few things. So one is that like Molly just said, usually people are going to react positively. So most of the time when I go out on a limb and I message someone and say, oh gosh, I hope this person doesn't think I'm weird, they want to hang out with me too. Mm-hmm. That's not always going to happen. Sometimes you're going to strike out. I've definitely, <laughs> I tried to start up conversation with this girl after a yoga class and she just totally shot me down and it, I was like, okay, we're not going to be friends. I made like some joke about how I can't do a push-up to save my life and she was just like, Okay, good luck. Lovely. (laughs) That's happened to me too, especially after workout classes. I feel like that's such a hard time too because everyone's like, people go to workout classes for different reasons. So you're like, I'm Mm going to try it out. Maybe they want to have friends too. Oh, nope, you just came to be on your own and zen. Okay. (laughs) And that's fine. So I think going into this, you need to know that not every person is going to want to be your friend. Not every person is supposed to be your friend. Not every person has space in their own life for a new friend or for you to be their new friend, and that's okay. It does kind of take some time to build a tougher skin, and you have to know that rejection will happen. It's not the end of the world, and there are other fish in the sea. I think something, talking about this out loud, it's reminding me that me and you are women, and we Mm -hmm. are typically in the role of being pursued in our dating lives. Mm -hmm. So being put in this... What's the opposite of a pursuer? Or no, you are the Suter. pursuer. <laughs> you are the pursuer. It's Ooh. a different role for us, typically. Um, That's true. So maybe men listening to this, like, you might think this is not as hard. Well, actually, it probably but, is hard, but too. A man, like, asking a man to hang out, the other man is not used to being pursued, perhaps. Yeah, so, it's just a <laughs> weird contradiction of roles, all of this whole thing. Um, so you're even more vulnerable in that situation too. So it makes it even harder. Just know every time I talk about being an adult and trying to make friends, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, it's so hard. Like you can, Mm -hmm. there's like 20 million Buzzfeed articles about it. There's articles all over the internet. Like it's a thing that people want to do, but find it hard. So you're not alone. And that's something so important to keep in mind is that most of the time when you do reach out to someone and say like, Hey, I would love to hang out with you again. They're going to be flattered, first of all. It's a compliment mm-hmm. to say, hey, I really enjoyed your company. Can we spend more time together? If someone's insulted by that, then they're not going to you know, want them in your life anyway. And usually what I found is when I do invite someone to hang out, the response is generally positive. Yes, there will be some cringy moments and times when you're like, ah, that was awkward, but more often than not, you're going to get the positive reinforcement of people saying, yeah, thanks for inviting me and Mm -hmm. wanting to hang out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think a tricky thing too is when you're moving to a new place, other people that already live in that place have their established lives and routines. So I, for example, when I meet someone that I want to be friends with, I don't know what their life is like. I don't want to be an imposition on them. It's not like when you're going to college and everyone is new and no one has friends. It's like, I have no idea if this person has a million friends and doesn't have time for me, 
or if they actually are lonely and like they want more friends. And so it's kind of about putting yourself out there and then making the effort. And once you say, okay, I did everything that I could to try to be their friend, they aren't reciprocating, then you can move on. But it's nice to at least try and try to make it work because friendships are very valuable and establishing one friendship can lead to other friendships as well. Yeah, I think that was something hard when I lived in Boston. I think that um, everyone's impression of this of a city is different, but my impression I got from that town was it was really hard to make friends because um, people who live there usually are like from that area, so they had mm-hmm. such a core built-up community already. Um, and a lot of the people I made friends with were transplants, like... Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't that many. <laughs> um, so it was a lot harder for that, like knowing kind of where you're going into. Like, are you trying to make a friend with someone who has lived there for their whole lives and has such a built-up routine with family and friends and whatever? Mm-hmm. Or are you trying to make a friend with a transplant? That is super true. And that's something worth investigating and researching before you move to a city is like how clicky is it? Mm-hmm. Or even let's say you've been in a city for a long time and you still want to make new friends this doesn't have to be just something to think about when you're transitioning, but it can happen all the time. Look out for people that are new and that want friends and be welcoming and open to them. I think that's something I never really thought about before, but that's actually a good way to meet people is find people that are new and that are in those transition periods. Yeah. At my old job, one of the best friends I made in Boston, um, I was at work and a girl started after me and I just remembered how weird I felt starting in a new town. So I asked her, I was like, Hey, do you want to meet up at Sweet Green and grab a salad together? And we can like, just, um, I forget. I didn't say get to know each other, but I was like, Hey, let's meet up at Sweet Green. Do you want to hang out? Cause I remember my weekends, my first weekends in Boston were so hard. So I asked her on a weekend and she was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so appreciative. And because we were so vulnerable, we became like really close friends. That's so sweet. And it's really nice that you took that initiative to hang out with her. I think going back to what you were saying before about not used to being the person pursuing, another tricky thing is you have to be kind of assertive in these situations. And I am not naturally an assertive person. And so it's taking on that role of me putting myself out there saying, hey, do you want to get dinner on Thursday and hang out with me and be my friend? without the hang out with me and be my friend (laughs) part, but it's really, you have to be assertive in practice, flexing that muscle if that's something that you're not used to. But I find that the more you do it, the easier it does become. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think you made a good point just then with the, um, invite that you just kind of made up, but I think an important Mm. point to make is when you are trying to create like a friend date, one of the most important things I found is making a clear-cut date and time that you want to meet that person. Um, so once you get the contact, all of that stuff, if you want to text the person, say, hey, I'm going to dinner Thursday, 6 o'clock with a group of friends. Do you want to come? Or, hey, I'm free Friday night. Do you want to grab a drink? Like making those specific times and dates so it doesn't get caught up in that weird um, revolution of, yeah, sure, okay, yeah, we'll do it next time. Let's do it sometime, definitely. okay okay, (laughs) like it doesn't ever really come to fruition. You have to kind of make those specifics out there. That is such a huge point. And I think everyone knows when someone says, oh, let's get coffee sometime. It means you're never going to see them again. And then who is the initiator in that situation? Like that makes it so awkward. So Mm -hmm. no one wants to be the initiator. So no one does. 
Yeah. So I would say, just like Molly said, be specific. What I try to do is either think of something that a place that I've been wanting to go, find a fun event, say, hey, I'm going to the street market on Saturday. Do you want to join? Or if I'm inviting someone to dinner, it's kind of annoying. Think about it. If you're in your life and someone wants to hang out with you and you're like, okay, cool. I'll hang out with you. It's annoying. If then they say, okay, what do you want to do? So make it easier for them by suggesting a place. What I've done before is I'll give two restaurants. Say, I heard this place and this place are good. Do you like either? And then sometimes what happens is the other person will actually be more assertive than you and say, actually, let's go here. And that I love it when that happens, but you can't rely on that. And if you just say, let me know when you want to hang out, then you're putting the ball in their court and you can't always expect that they're going to reciprocate, unfortunately. You're actually like passing the vulnerability back over to them. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> yeah, don't put it, don't, the big thing here is you don't want to make it, or at least for me, what I'm really paranoid about is I don't want to feel like a burden to the other person. If I'm saying like, hey, I'm new here, I don't have any friends, do you have time this week, please hang out with me, that can make the other person feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to take care of this person and that's putting a lot of responsibility on them and then they might not, that might take some of the fun away from actually hanging out with you. I see your point for sure. Another point that I was thinking of is if you are like a new part of a group, say like a meetup group or like a club that you joined or whatever, um, I think something that's really nice that's worked um, a lot for my roommate, I haven't... um, been bold enough to do it as much yet but like kind of working on not asking the whole group to do something but like picking a couple people that you really felt a connection with and saying hey do you want to do this with me and then they kind of know like that you're interested in hanging out with them so like for example if you're at a meetup and you find someone that's really cool instead of posting in that meetup page like hey does anyone want to go see a movie tonight you text that person and say hey do you want to see this movie with me tonight yeah I think that's important and just makes me think about the fact that this whole moving experience has made me realize how bad I am in groups. (laughs) Like, I'm... Groups are so hard. (laughs) I mean, if it's a group where it's, like, a meetup and no one really knows each other, that's fine, because then you can find one or two people to talk to. But if... Like, I've been in a lot of situations where my roommate has invited me out with groups of her friends and they all know each other and I'm the only new person I find that to be very tough to break into the conversation and I'm much better with one-on-one situations so keep that in mind like figure out what works for you some people are really good in groups so what I have been trying to learn to do is okay from that group like Molly said pick one or two people that you really want to connect with and doesn't mean cling to them the whole night but Make sure that you build on that friendship. Don't feel compelled to be friends with everyone in the group at the same time because that's just a little impractical. And that's not how life works, right? Like, you don't have 20 really mm-hmm. close friends. You have a handful. So, you know, working on a handful. That's a good point. I'm more in the – I opt more for quality over quantity of friends. But I find that when you're trying to make friends, it is kind of a numbers game. And so you want to go for quantity at first. Try to meet all the people that you can, and then from there, you can narrow down which friendship. Not all of them are going to turn into long-lasting friendships, but if you only put your eggs in one basket or you only meet three people in the whole city, what if you don't connect with them? You want to try to meet as many people as you can and then narrow it down from there. And then once you meet those really great people that you connect with so much, then, you know, definitely quality 
meet, like hang out with those mm-hmm. people. Um, but yeah, making friends is definitely a numbers game, like you said. Mm-hmm. The other thing, thinking about going back to what we were saying about, let's say you're invited to a group situation. So I met a friend here. She invited me to a party. How are you going to act at the party? What I've found that people have openly told me that they appreciate is that when I go to the party, I don't cling to the person who invited me. Because then again, you can feel like a burden to that inviter. The person that invited you is trying to do you a favor, introduce you to people, you know, that you're looking for friends. If you stick to that person the whole night, they're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to babysit this person. They might not want to invite you to future events. So make sure when you go to something like that, you know it's okay to go and meet other people. That's why you were invited to the party is to meet new people, not to stick exclusively with the one person. I think that's so hard to do, but such a good point. I think of like a lot of situations where I've invited to something like that and I'll like not go because I'm like well I only know the one person I don't want to go um but they invited you because they could probably picture you being fine in a situation where you don't know many people like the inviters probably thought it through like hey yeah Molly would be fine if I invited her to this thing even though she only knows me like she's so whatever like she can get along with the people so um mm-hmm. do that <laughs> not clinging to the inviter Yeah, and say yes. If people are inviting you to stuff, you want to show them that you appreciate that. If you can make it and it's something where you, it doesn't go against your own morals, like, say yes. So something that I was, I was talking to someone about this. I think it was my friend in Boston. But a really important thing that we said (laughs) was, like, if we invite someone three times and they say no three times, it's done. Like, I will not invite you anymore because it makes me feel, like, in a weird position. So I think that's important to remember Mm -hmm. too, like how many times you say no. And if you do end up saying no, say, okay, no, I can't, but how about next Thursday? Make that specific recant. My gosh, I love everything you just said. That is so true. No one likes to feel like they're constantly being rejected. And so if you, it is vulnerable for especially the person doing the inviting. And so if I, there are people that I've met here that I know that I'm probably going to have to instigate and invite them to something, but they always reciprocate and either going with me or inviting me to something the next time. And so it ends up being a back and forth, even though I know in the beginning, I might have to be the one reaching out. But it's like you said, if I invite you to something so many times and you keep saying no, I think three is a good limit. And hopefully they'll turn back and say, okay, well, let's do this instead. If you can't go to something genuinely, that's fine. But explain to the person, hey, I really do want to go, but I can't make that day. What about this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes schedules won't match. It won't work out. And that's okay. But as long as you both try, that's what matters. I think, yeah, getting that um, information back to saying when you could do it shows that you are interested enough. Because even if you give the excuse, oh, man, I'm out of town for two weeks, like you have to kind of share, like, I do want to be your friend. Let's do it this time. Mm-hmm. Follow up and basically just don't be flaky. Yeah, it's a great. It's not a recipe for success. <laughs> flaky and recipe. That's funny. So another thing you can use is when you're meeting someone. Like let's say you've met someone through a friend that you already have, and so this is a tricky situation because let's say Molly and I happen to live in the same city, and I introduce Molly to my friend, and now Molly and my other friend, Sally, start hanging out without me. That might feel weird for me, but sometimes 
it's okay. So meaning I'm thinking of a very specific example where my roommate introduced me to some of her friends and all of her friends were going to dinner. My roommate didn't want to go, but she said to me, oh, you should go. And so I asked her, knowing specifically that sometimes people don't like their friends hanging out without them, said, would it be weird if I went without you? And because she's a nice person and she genuinely wants me to have friends besides her, she's like, go, please go, have fun, get to know other people. And so I did, and it was a fine time, and I felt weird going at first because she wasn't there, but it ended up being really fun, and they were actually happy that I went. I said, thank you for coming. And so, again, just reinforcing what we were saying before, usually the vulnerability does pay off. But my point here is make sure you check in with that friend before you start hanging out with someone that another friend introduced you. Make sure it's not going to ruin your initial friendship by expanding on those other friendships. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I haven't thought of that perspective switch before. I'm always just kind of thinking, oh, yeah, please set me up with your friends, too. And I've never thought about being as openly communicative with that person being like, hey, is it okay? (laughs) Like, I do that. Yeah, just because I know some people are sensitive about that, and I it's a weird situation. Would probably feel left out. Yeah, but it, it it's yeah, and I think as you get older, it's less of an issue. I think once you're like when you're in high school and your friends hang out without you, that's like you feel like, <laughs> okay. Where was I? But I think as we become adults and more secure in ourselves, then it's less of a thing. But mutual friends is a great way to meet other people. So use that when you can just make sure you're not hurting anyone's feelings in the process Mm -hmm. because you don't want to damage the friendships that you already do have in trying to make new ones. And Trisha, something you mentioned before when we were talking about this recording is something called a connector friend. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what that is? Absolutely. So one of my favorite bloggers and authors is named Eric Barker. He has a blog called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. <laughs> Highly recommend it to everyone. But he wrote an article. I just want to make sure I'm giving credit where it's due. We'll link it in the show notes. He wrote an article about the eight types of friends that you should have in your life. And one of these types of friends is called the connector friend. And that is essentially the person that knows everyone and that invites you to things and says, hey, come to me here, meet this person, go there. And those friends are so great because they literally introduce you to so many people and then you have your pick of who you want to be friends with. I remember in New York, two of my best connector friends were the two girls that I mentioned on the Talking to Strangers episode that I literally met randomly. And that's because they're so social. And so it it does benefit to meet people like that. So if you're walking down the sidewalk and someone just starts chatting with you and wants to be your friend, they're probably a social person. They probably know lots of other people and they can probably introduce you to lots of other people. So you definitely want to be friends with people like that because what ended up happening with one of the girls in particular is she would invite me to events every week. Often I couldn't go because of work. She didn't care. She kept inviting me. And she told me when I met her, she's like, I love inviting people to things. So just be prepared. I'm going to blow up your phone. And I was like, great. And so I went to a lot. I went to the ones that I could. I made so many friends through her and she was so happy to do it. Some people just really thrive on that and they like connecting other people. So look out for those connector friends in your life and stay on their good side. No. Yeah. It's kind of like your own personalized, like meetup page (laughs) like she's giving you Mm -hmm. all of the opportunities like do this do this do this and since you know you like her it's kind of like a 
gateway to be like, oh, I must like the other people she's talking to. So that's yeah. true. Other thing I want to point out is even though we were talking a lot about saying yes and inviting people to things and meet lots of people, you can also say no. So sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm so desperate to have friends right now. I'll hang out with anyone. Keep in mind your values and what will make you a better person. Don't compromise yourself and what makes you happy for the sake of social interaction if that's not authentic to you yeah and don't drive yourself crazy over having to say yes to everything too like if you if it's not even bad company if you need a night to yourself like that is also very valid too um and I think I've gotten stuck in that rut of where I've driven myself crazy um wanting to go meet up with so many people and get out there so much and like just knowing you don't have to always say yes like Trisha said I think that's always important to keep in your back pocket yeah, and what you mentioned last time, Molly, about burnout. Mm-hmm. So Molly had, in case you haven't listened to that episode, mentioned that she was trying so hard to go to events and meet new people that she eventually got burnt out on it. Another really important thing to keep in mind here is that when you are meeting people, it is going to take time investing in specific people. So even though we said quantity in the beginning, like meet as many people as you can. Once you find a few people that you want to strengthen that bond with, make sure that you're seeing them every week or every two weeks or you're in contact with them. You don't want to spread yourself so thin that you don't have a time or energy to really expand on any given relationship. If I'm friends with a hundred people, I'm friends with zero. You know, you want to make sure that when you do find a group that you connect with or a few people that you connect with, that you're investing time with them. Yeah, I think that's a really, um, I say this all the time, but a really important point. (laughs) Cool. All right, so I'm putting it on you. Takeaways. What's your takeaway? My take home for this would be reach out to one person that you have met in the last three weeks, a new person, and invite them to hang out in some very specific place on a specific day and time. It doesn't have to be so rigid that if they can't do Monday at 6, then, well, forget about it. You want to give them some options. I would say give two or three options. Say, does Monday or Tuesday for dinner at Satchel's work oh my for gosh, you? Satchel's. <laughs> and see how it goes and just be open-minded. Know that it may not work out, but if it does, you might have a new friend. Yeah, I think um, my take-home is going to be identify if you have a connector friend. I think that's very simple, but just see if you have one. And if you don't keep an eye out for those, I think that's a really cool concept. And I think it's important to know if you have one. Yeah. Or if you are one. Yeah. And if you are, you're great. I love people like you. Love you. (laughs) Yes. We appreciate it. Well, we will keep continuing on this friendship series next week, um, kind of going on the trajectory of friendship. So stay tuned. If you want to connect with us, you can reach us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to email us, you can email us at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.